0: Welcome to Spillin' and Dealin', the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of sandyspiel.com. And with me today, as always, is the producer and moderator of the podcast, Ramin Forgani. Ramin, it's been a while, but we have nowhere to run and hide. The G-H-S-A high school basketball season is officially among us. We are about to tip off very, very soon, a couple weeks away Uh, We got a lot to dive into today, but first, Ramin, how are you doing, sir? It's been an interesting 2020, to say the least.
1: It has. I knew this would come up in the intro, so I made sure to look it up. And it has, boy, it's been a long time. June 24th, we talked about the shot clock. And let me tell you, the shot clock being phased into the GHSA is not the last thing on everybody's mind this year. Seems like eons ago. Now we're just worried about is there a season and how is there going to be a season. But getting closer and uh, we football is happening so basketball will be happening it looks like and we're going to be here to break it down for you i am well kyle hopefully you are too
0: of course of course yes this is a the fun fun time of year for me busy time of year so hopefully i could squeeze out maybe one more vacation before it's a it's an everyday uh, onslaught of high school basketball but i love doing it and 2020 you know it's already been a, a strange year off the basketball court and now on it i'm sure it's going to be just as unpredictable, so we're going to try and make sense of it with this um, preseason rankings podcast and try and break it down, boys and girls doing it each classification, Um, so this one right here, we will be breaking down class 7A.
1: Yes, we will, Kyle. This will be the first in a series of seven podcasts we'll release, I guess if we count Class A public and private together, um, eight classifications. Um, so first in a series of eight, we're trying to give each classification its own spotlight. And We're starting here in seven. Look forward to the next couple of days for the 6A podcast to be released and on and on. We'll start with the boys, flip it over to the girls in the second half, Kyle. So without further ado, Class 7 A, your preseason rankings, this is where it stands now at least. And you have Milton taking the top spot, returning a uh, large core of uh, players. Milton reached the final four last year before losing to the eventual champs. What do you have in Class Seven A on the boys side?
0: Yeah, so Milton obviously opens up number one. Um, they added some key pieces in the offseason with Kendall Campbell, a, uh, a big six foot seven, six foot eight uh, forward that can play inside and out, and then Brock Bidwell, uh, a Campbell commit who transferred in from West Forsyth. So you add those two already to a loaded uh, team that has Kane and Carlisle, of course, Bruce Thornton, one of the best junior guards in the entire nation, uh, and then LT Overton, a big rebounder inside. So uh, Coach Whiteheart, they're loaded. They are uh, the team to beat, but you know they're not head and shoulders above everybody else because Grayson, after that that, that tough loss last year, uh, in the state championship game, 60-59 to 59 to Wheeler. Um, they have some people coming back, but they have a lot of pieces that are coming in. Uh, and we'll talk about that a little later. Uh, but they're, they're going to be really good. Grayson's going to be right up there with them. And then Pebblebrook rounds out our, our top three. Pebblebrook has uh, disappointed in years past. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it for whatever reason. Uh, you're looking at a team uh, that did finish uh with a, a 16 and 14 record and they, they lose a couple guys here and there in the off season but of course they they brought in some guys to really help out um bring in uh, mr reddish uh to come help out on the uh perimeter aaron reddish who's a good athlete uh you're bringing back guys like uh, danny stubbs going to georgia state uh tyler shirley uh, going to south alabama jamal Kleiss going to georgia state so you got size you got really good guard play Uh, you got kamai young coming over from north Cobb christian where he averaged over 21 points per game so pebble brooks loaded so that's my top three to open up the season milton grayson and pebble brook
1: and so carl we mentioned wheeler wheeler was the state champion we have uh the team who Wheeler beat in the Final Four and in the championship as one and two, but Wheeler is nowhere to be seen. Wheeler in this
0: t- is in 6A this year. I mean, and this is a good a good segue because this year is going to be very crazy and very different because the reshuffling of all the regions and all the classifications and you know i have to throw out all my information that i've I've memorized over the past couple seasons it's all out the window because i have to memorize new regions new classifications and with that with new classifications and new regions comes new shifts of power in the state so wheeler they are not in Class 7A, which is its hard to believe, but they're down in Class 6A. And you're looking at 7A now with a, a perennial power like Wheeler dropping down a classification that could open up some places in the top 10 for teams like we have Etowah, who's in the top 10 at number 10 to open up the year. You have North Gwinnett at number 9. So a traditional power like Wheeler is right now down in Class 6A, which really shifts shifts everything around as far as class 7a goes
1: and so Kyle Wheeler is not in the top 10 in class 7a because they do not play in class 7a anymore but who are some teams that just did miss the cut who are in 7a
0: yeah so I got three teams right now that were were really close uh South Forsyth uh, that was a team that had a really good season last year 18 and 12 they have a, a big guy Devin McLaughlin Six foot seven 4", that's really starting to draw some attention of Division I schools. An inside-out threat, great rim protector, a double-double machine. Um, I believe he averaged 18 points and 12 rebounds or, you know, close to that. Uh, he was a double-double guy. He was really big for them. And then Ethan Underwood is a, a good guard. Uh, so they just barely missed the cut. I think, uh, you know, the deciding factor there is do they have enough around those two pieces uh, to stick in the top ten uh, throughout the season. Now they very well may be in there at some point, but right now I just want to see how they develop around those two players. Uh, another team, Discovery. Discovery really picked up two key pieces in Jamel Rideout from South Cobb and Devon Mays um, from Peachtree Ridge. So you're looking at a 6 2 guard and then Mays a 6 6 forward. Both those guys played really well over the offseason. Rideout just picked up a Charleston Southern offer. Uh, he's a dynamic point guard that gets the job done offensively, but more importantly, defensively is where he really stands out. And he's, you know, really improved as a scorer. He gets to a sweet spots in the mid-range and can shoot the three. So you got those two pieces, adding them to Ian Davis, a, a really good guard that showed that he can score the ball at a very high level. I think he's dynamic on the perimeter. And then Cameron Shelton, a guard, Mikey Moncrief, a guard. Uh, you're looking at a very quality five-man uh, five, five uh, man core right there at Discovery. And then lastly, uh, East Coweta, they lose Brandon Stroud, uh, Chris Youngblood, both at Kennesaw State now, but Sammy Moss has exploded over the offseason. He looks ready to take a huge jump um, his junior season. Uh, he's got Oklahoma State offers. has got a bunch of high, high major offers, super uh, athletic perimeter player that has really improved his three-point shot. And then Austin Colton, uh, a little sophomore who's fearless out there, might be only 5'10", but can really put points on the board. And then Gilbert Crowley, I think he's going to be an unsung hero for them. He was very impressive over the offseason. It's just a glue guy that gets gets it done on both sides of the floor. A lot of effort plays, rebounds, uh, slashes, can hit the the open mid-range shot here and there. Uh, so East Coita a nice... A nice core as well with three players there. So South Forsyth, Discovery, and East Coweta are among the three teams that were right on the precipice of opening up in the top 10 in Class 7A.
1: And Kyle, not to play on an overused trope in this uh, pandemic-written 2020, but one thing that is normal is the Sandy Spiel transfer list. Um, You've amassed over 100 transfers, and probably they're still coming in as we get closer and closer to the season. Class 7A, as usual, has one of the longest lists this year, rivaled only by players transferring out of the GHSA to prep academies or elsewhere. Um, and so what are the most, we kind of touched on this earlier in the top of the top 10 here for 7A, but what are some of the most influential transfers we see both into and out of 7A?
0: Yeah, well, I'll focus on the ones into Class 7A right now. And uh, Like you said, we touched on a few of them. Milton picking up Kendall Campbell and Brock Bidwell Uh That's a dynamic duo right there. That's that's two all-region players from where they were coming from. Um, Grayson, the big three of Robert Coward uh, from Denmark. Chauncey Wiggins, a 6'9 forward from Eastside. And then Tyrese Elliott, who comes in at the guard position over from Alabama. Those are three juniors right there that provide a lot of scoring and some some very uh, versatile pieces offensively and defensively for Coach Joffrey Pierce. Uh, to plug in next to Ian Shefflin, who's going to Clemson. Uh, They're all-state big man. Uh, I think they have a, a really good core. They're going to be really big with Tajay Kelly as well, uh, another uh, key factor that should see some more minutes uh, inside and will help kind of dictate what happens in the paint. So Grayson's going to be really tough again. Uh, and then lastly, uh, another team, you know, no stranger to bringing in talent. Norcross tries to load up again near Panam comes from uh, Alaska. He's a really athletic um, guard that can get to the basket, plays bigger than the size, rebounds well, can't really shoot uh, at a high level just yet, but he's got a tons of upside. You got Jerry Dang coming in from Core 4 uh, Prep Academy uh, at six foot seven. not really sure. Uh, I wasn't really sure that Core 4 players could transfer into the GHSA, but... Uh, I, I don't know, but he's gonna uh, he's gonna help out in in some facets. And then London Johnson coming over from the Carolinas, uh, he's a really highly touted kid that has some high major offers. But with that being said, I think the the most impactful transfer, a, a sneaky transfer that is gonna make a big impact for their team, while they might not be a leading scorer, or be a you know a high major D1 kid like some of these other guys we just mentioned. I think Ethan Pickett. Uh, a six-three guard coming over from Richmond Hill to Cherokee. I think that is going to be huge for number seven Cherokee because we're looking at a team last year that went 23 and five, had a great season, but they lost in the first round to Westlake, uh, an upset to a four seed because they just didn't have enough guard play outside of Tyland Owens, who's uh, you know a great score. and then Elijah Tucker, six-seven forward, going to Xavier. You know that that two two-man core right there that tandem is really really good and can carry that team very very far but where they fell short was scoring on the perimeter they just didn't have enough from the, their two seniors uh last year they were just ball handlers that passed the ball around played some defense but they were they just weren't scores you know if you got six points a game from those guys you'd be happy but now you're bringing in Pickett who can run the point guard can run the two um, a really good athlete Uh, can score the ball can get downhill can keep pressure on these defenses Uh, I think he is just what the doctor ordered and coming in with him as well DJ Potts heard a a three-point shooter so that's another guy that could see some time can space the floor so those two guys but primarily Ethan Pickett I think those guys are going to be huge for Cherokee as far as just balancing that offense and not putting so much of a scoring burden on Elijah Tucker and Ty Owens
1: and so, Kyle, I know this season's looking to be different, but from what I've seen on Twitter and uh, kind of the coaches looking for openings, there's some certainly some rescheduling, maybe some coaches wanting to travel less or due to school board restrictions being forced to travel less, but holiday tournaments are still going on. And so with your knowledge of the schedule and how scheduling is going in 2020, um, which team in the top 10 or near the top 10 is going to have the easiest uh, schedule, the most favorable schedule to open the season and we can see a big jump in the, right, in the rankings?
0: That's a good question. Um, just looking at it based on the regions, and I'll parlay this into uh, another point I wanted to touch on. Which which ones? Which regions are the toughest regions? Uh, just looking at it, just solely based on paper, I'm looking at Region Eight, where North Gwinnett, number nine, North Gwinnett's at. I think that could be a region where they really make some hay. Now, North Gwinnett, they came on strong last year, finished 18 and 12. Uh, once they finally got healthy and finally got all their football players, they really took off. Uh, really, were anchored by a great defensive front court, uh, and you know Jared Ivy is is since graduated and now playing football at the next level. But RJ um, Godfrey, uh, a junior, about six foot seven, six foot eight, um, he's a beast inside. He he blocks shots, he rebounds. Eventually, probably going to trans transition over to the wing at the next level. But that's a guy that's a really big time uh uh, you know physical specimen that can really do some things you you have him there you have uh brendan rigsby uh who can who can score the ball going to alabama huntsville he's gonna be a a, a big piece for them uh he can really uh get to the get to the basket he's a slasher um he can shoot the ball very well and he really had a blow-up season with the uh, atlanta timberwolves so Uh, that's a guy that has a lot of confidence right now so you got those two you add in Thomas Allard a 6'6 junior on the wing that can really shoot the ball he's really been getting better and better and better Um, so you have a a, a nice nucleus right there and if they have some other guys come back as well they could provide some scoring you know I've heard things about Kobe Jackson I don't know if he's going to be playing this year or not he actually was their leading scorer last year with over 14 points per game. So if he comes back, that's going to be uh, a big uh, scoring help right there. If not, they have other guys that are ready to step up and step in. Um, So I'm looking at North Gwinnett and Region 8. I think they could win a lot of games down there. And I'll transition over to what I think is the toughest region. I'm looking at Region 7 uh, is a a, a tough region. It's really, really deep. You're looking at Archer, who is really Really good last year. Burke Mar, who we have opening at number four this year, they were 18 and 10 a season ago. Um, Discovery, who just missed out on the top 10. Uh, Meadow Creek was 3 and 23 last year. Um, they you know, it's going to be a hard path for them to make it to the state tournament, but they have so much young talent over there. Eddie Hendricks, Keyshawn Hampton, uh, all these guys, uh, a really good sophomore class, and then um, Quinones Cortman transferred in from Grayson, a great three-point shooter. So there's a lot of pieces. And then Colby Williams, a 6'7", 7 uh, swingman from Brookwood. So a lot of pieces over there at Meadow Creek. They're going to be really, really tough, even though it's going to be an uphill climb for them to make the state tournament just because they're so young. And then, of course, you have Norcross, who so has Jaden Harris, Cockyatt, and the three transfers that we mentioned before. Um, that, that makes that a really tough, deep region and then just two other regions you know region four is going to be uh, very talented Grayson and Newton and you got Parkview in there who could be a, a sleeper team if they can get into the postseason which I think is very possible region two with McEachern and Pebblebrook and then East Coweta those are three really good teams with a lot of talent they're going to be going back and forth back and forth uh you know you got McEachern ranked number five and then Pebblebrook number three so there's a lot of Division One, high-major talented players right there. And then Region 5 with Milton, Etowah, and Cherokee. A lot of good coaching in that region with some really good players as well.
1: And so, Kyle, that will do it on the boys' side of Class 7A. We look forward to the season tipping off and seeing these games get started. Um, we know there's always some good basketball and some good upsets in the state of Georgia, so we look forward to that. But we need to get over to the girls' side. Class 7A, your top five. McEachern, Collins Hill, Woodstock, West Forsyth, and Archer. So a lot of these names are perhaps familiar names. Um, in Class 7-8, Kyle, did the re, uh, reshuffling of regions and uh, classifications affect much in Class
0: 7-8? It affected a lot. Just ask Collins Hill because Collins Hill thought this was going to be their year to finally win. They don't have to get whipped up and down by that powerhouse of Westlake anymore since Westlake dropped down to 6A. So Collins Hill was set to open at number one. I mean, they were 31-1 last year with that 19-point loss to Westlake in the championship. You know, they have loads of college players. they got Anisha Malone going to North Greenville, Jalea Clark-Jones to uh, North Carolina, uh, Greensboro, you got LaCambria, Shakespeare, Alabama, AM. You got Sasha Washington to Purdue, Eden Sample, the old Dominion. So they're, they're loaded on paper. And I haven't been able to track down if they've added any more pieces. Wouldn't be surprised if they did. They've been known to load up on transfers, but you know, credit to them if they haven't this year. Um, because if they didn't, they would be working more on cohesion and chemistry and players that have been playing with each other for more than just one season i think that would really bode well so if they did not add add any other transfers i think colin still will be in a good position but with that being said a team that didn't add transfers is McEachern, and that's why McEachern opens up at number one they were 19 and 10 a year ago but now you have the uh the reigning uh class a private player of the year a 6-4 forward and jillian hollingshed who averaged 16 points, 8 rebounds. Um, you know, she's a four, five-star prospect. Uh, she's changes everything. Now that she's coming in, a girl that knows how to win big games, has a couple state championships under her belt. You know, she's coming in, you got five foot ten, Kayla Ward coming back, and you have a five foot seven guarding Kristen Roach coming over from Hillgrove. So that's that's three transfers added into a team that already had Denim DeShields, Shields, who averaged over 16 points, close to six rebounds, just under seven assists per game, which is ridiculous. Uh, so you got her coming back, pacing the team. Sandy Sanchez-Oliver is a Delaware State commit. Cole uh, Colmasai is a good score. And Jay DeLoe is a, a player that gets it done defensively and helps out on offense. And then, of course, you got Kalen ellis a Junior who hit 92 three pointers and averaged over 13 points per game. So, with that being said, McEachern is loaded, they're stacked. That's why I have them as a the number one ranked team in the state to open up the year. Um, I think everyone's chasing McEachern. Uh, I haven't looked at how the brackets lay out as far as a region matchup, so I don't know. Um, so, you know, McEachern versus Collins Seal that. Sounds like a really, really good state championship matchup. But as we've seen before, and like I said, I haven't really checked out the how the regions play out. Uh, we could have a state championship matchup and maybe the Elite Eight, as we've come to see in years past. So uh, I, you we have to do some fact checking on that. But that either way, whether it's in the state championship game in Macon or it's being played in the Elite Eight, I think Colin Sill and McEachern is the state championship matchup.
1: Now for the teams chasing the and Collins Hill. Number three, Woodstock had a terrific season at twenty three and five last year, but lost a couple of pieces to injury. They lose Carly Henderson to graduation. They have Bridget Upberg's nineteen point eight points coming back this year. Number four, West Forsyth, also a scrappy loss to Norcross, thirty seven to thirty one in the first round, and they have that tough, you know, North Forsyth West Forsyth. Uh, Matchup out there. Number five, Archer has the Class 7A Freshman of the Year, Tanya McGowan, who averaged just near 15 points. What do you see in the middle part of Class 7A on the girls' side, Kyle? Uh,
0: I think the middle part's going to see some shuffling up and down. Um, McKeechon and Colin Seal are two, you know, stone cold locks. I feel like for the one and two spot right now, at least. And then below them, I think we're going to see a lot of a lot of movement um there's a dark horse that i think could if they got hot and everything came together a team that could possibly uh challenge a collins hill or a mckeecher and i'm not saying it's likely but a team that i would say is a dark horse outside of those top two uh i think archer has a, a nice a nice group coming back like you mentioned tonight McGowan, reigning class 7a freshman of the year uh, an inside-outside threat at 5'11", really physical, cool. uh, attacks the paint, attacks the glass, and can you know do some damage on the perimeter as well with the three-point shot. Um, she's coming back. She's got an experienced senior guard in Kezia Nelson, uh, who averaged 15 points per game. Um, but what really stands out for Archer is they do have some size. Maya Jackson and Tylen Smith, both 6'1". Jackson has played at a high level over the off-season with the Georgia pistols uh can rebound defends does the dirty work and smith um a little bit more of a project than jackson is but she is big she can rebound she can take up space and, and she can score around the basket when needed so archer would be a a, a dark horse team if i'm looking at a team outside of mckeechin and colin Hill to kind of get hot at the right time and do some damage
1: Kyle Campbell North Paulding Norcross and Cherokee round out the top 10 in 7 through 10 respectively but who are a couple teams who are nipping on their heels but just failed to make that cut in the preseason to open in the preseason rankings
0: yeah there's a there's a couple of them um, I think we could start out in that 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 region 6 um, those Forsyth County schools are always really tough I think Forsyth Central uh, has had a had a shot to uh, be in the top 10 I think they fell just short uh, they have three of their best players coming back, and Aisha Dabo, who's going to UMass next year. Uh, Jillian Brett is a really good junior um, on the wing, about 5'10", 5'11", and can do some damage. Shoots the ball really well. Uh, and then Elizabeth Pruitt uh, had a good season last year, and she's a senior. So that's a good nucleus right there. You're looking at North Versailles, who graduates. Uh, really big pieces, An- Ansley Allen is gone, Caroline Martin is gone those are their two stars, both average about 14 points per game um, but just that that culture and tradition and that style of play, they're always going to have so many shooters uh, on the perimeter, Halim Adel is good, uh, Anna Giolata can shoot the ball very well, Allie Jones Lily Bales uh, Maddie Erickson inside provides some size, so um that's a, another team. That's that's a good a good group of five girls right there that have won a lot of games over their career and, and you know a lot of them are going to be asked to take a, another step into a bigger role with those two aforementioned guards graduated but I think they'll be ready to do it. And then two other teams, uh Peachtree Ridge, their top 3 is back in Nia Hicks, uh Nadia McCown and then uh, Aaliyah Hunt, a big sophomore that's about six two, six three inside can really control games. Uh, with their scoring presence and their shot blocking and rebounding. And then the other team, Brookwood, they lose Sal Makulo to uh, Western Kentucky. But uh, Deanna Collins is a, a, a superstar stud as a sophomore. She is going to make that team go. She's going to carry them again. And she's got some help. Tori Delf, uh Shannon Niles, uh, Amaya Durham. Uh, so that's going to be more of a guard-oriented team this year. But I think that's a team that was, um, you know, in that top 15 range of just missing out of making it into the top
1: 10. And so, Kyle, a lot of these top 10 teams have uh, individual players with accolades. We talked about the Class 7-8 Freshman of the Year and All-State players last year. Um, who are the best players in 7-8? Yeah, uh, we got
0: we got plenty of them. I know we just mentioned um, Jillian said She's one that really stands out easily. Uh, if you look at the uh, preseason All-State teams, McKeechan threw up one, two, uh, two players on the preseason All-State team, and both of them in the first team with Denim Shields and Hollingshed, but aside from them, uh, Bridget Utberg, she's going to be the, the one that makes Woodstock uh, really a formidable team her junior season. That's why Woodstock's at number three, because Bridget is a, a big-time scorer and a playmaker, um, so she's really good. Uh, and so you know, and Diana Collins as well. and then Sasha Washington, uh, we mentioned her already at Collins Hill. so those are those are some of the top players. and uh, one player that I think can really just move bodies and really make this team. Uh, be a a, a tough outcome state tournament time is Parkview's Susie um, the goal fact I know I probably mispronounced that but she is a a a big road grader inside so powerful so strong scores at ease great hands rebounds double double machine Uh, Susie is a big time player and she's going to carry Parkview pretty far
1: and so there are a few transfers to list in class 7a Um, transfers don't seem to be as pernicious on the girls side of the ball as they are on the boys side but 7a does have much more than any other classification at, oh, about 10 or 11, Kyle. Any um, important ones that are going to either increase the team stock or decrease a team stock this year? Uh,
0: the McEachin ones, Hollingshed, Roach, and Ward, we've talked about them enough, uh, but Hollingshed is definitely the biggest one. Um, some other interesting ones, uh, Chloe Sterling coming over from, I believe it was Japan, to Marietta. She's going to be a really tough guard, really going to give uh, Coach Derek DeWitt a shot in the arm for that offense to pair her with uh, Lauren Walker, who's going to Michigan state going to give Marietta uh, a, a nice little boost. Uh, you're looking at Anna Konza, who's coming over from New York to Walton. She could be a player that could turn some heads this season. And then uh, Grayson, they have two: Courtney Riddenberry and uh, Soraya Henry, both of them long forwards, long wings. If they're both healthy, they could both make an immediate impact and really help Grayson on both sides of the ball.
1: And Kyle, I appreciate your time today. This will wrap up our Class 7A Preseason uh, Rankings Podcast. This is the first of many. Um, as always, the full analysis is available. You can subscribe on sandyspiel.com. File, find Kyle on Twitter at kylesandy 355 and at SandySpiel. And listen for the next of these podcasts to be coming out about 6A in a couple days. As always, Kyle, we appreciate your time and we appreciate you as the listeners um, being with us as we get ready to start yet another GHSA basketball season here in 2020 2021. Until next time, on behalf of Kyle, this is Ramin signing off.